Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Game Time Decisions. And we are live. Barely. I'm just happy uh, to hear that uh, the raging redhead Cam Stewart has landed safely. After a week of chaos in Las Vegas, Nevada, I am still in Vancouver uh, right now. Technology, it's great. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I am Gabriel Morenci in Vancouver. We'll be uh, kicking it in New York later in the week. Uh, meanwhile, the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart has gotten back to Toronto from Las Vegas. What's going on, Cam? How you doing, Marenzi? Yeah, uh, what a crazy trip, too. And uh, gong show last night. Uh, you know me in flying, right? So I pop a couple gravels to try to take a nap. The guy beside me is double my size, and his, his sidekick was uh, bigger, too. So I'm 265. I'm, I'm about half of these people there. So you know me. I was just basically eating the window. And we were delayed, too, on the tarmac, like 40 minutes to the pilot. Oh, yeah, we can't get – you know me. I'm just absolutely freaking out, buddy. But anyway, we're back. We're ready to rock, and I'm glad to hear your voice, buddy. And, uh, yeah, and uh, got the got your board set up in my ho- uh, home. So far, so good, friend. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad uh, – no offense. I'm glad I don't have to sit next to you on these uh, flights. For somebody that's flown as much as you have, man, like, you still get freaked out. <laughs> I do, I do. It's not. I got to be honest with you, Gabe. I've been a lot better, but when you got when you got like over like eleven hundred combined in a in a coach seat, that's not a fun trip. And you know that Vegas trip's not uh, short either, right? So I was just basically eating half of the plane. But uh, no, we're back now, and uh, everything's good. And got 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 everything set up here and down downstairs. Got the Cubs Mets game on the television. We got t- talking to you. So uh, everything's everything's awesome, buddy. Lots of new moves by the Seahawks today. Teddy Bridgewater, hey, what do you you say? Nice backup plan for the Saints, and uh, let's say Aaron Rodgers, he's loaded. Yeah, the NFL uh, NFL season is rapidly approaching. College of Football Week Zero uh, began when we were in Las Vegas this past weekend, uh, but it's fitting that they actually called it Week Zero. It was a couple of games. (laughs) It was better than nothing. I've never seen a Week Zero before. What they used to do, actually, is they'd just call it like the kickoff classic. Like, they'd have a couple of good teams play. You know, not like top powerhouses. I remember many, many years ago uh, during the uh, Desert Swarm days of the Arizona uh, defense, and um, they played Penn State. I was actually at one of the kickoff classics, the Colorado Buffaloes and the the Tennessee Volunteers. Now they open up with some crap-ass teams, but uh, this week is, is the official week one of college uh, football. Of course, us being in Nevada, we couldn't play DraftKings uh, last week. Uh, but we can uh, this week. And uh, during the DFS lineup lock hour, we'll run through uh, the DraftKings uh, numbers for college uh, football. I've already uh, put a lineup uh, together. It's tricky and it's wow. difficult because it's, you know, it's week one, essentially, right? So 
We'll talk a little bit about how, how we want to approach this from a, a strategic uh, standpoint. But as Cam uh, mentioned, uh, the New York Jets, I'll tell you, it's interesting. They've done a lot of stupid things uh, over the years. So it, it's it's crazy to actually give them credit and say, ooh, the Jets are actually, you know, you know, the Jets are moving in the right direction, but they actually have been. Their draft picks have been rock solid the last couple of years. You know, the hire of Bowles uh, was was a solid uh, hire, obviously. So, you know, the New York Jets are a, a franchise going in the right direction. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater, and a lot of teams, Cam, would have said, well, we're not going to bring Bridgewater in. We have McCowan. We're drafting a big-time quarterback. We got Darnold. We don't need to bring a Bridgewater in. But they did. And, and then they're able to turn that into something. They turned that into equity as as Bridgewater uh, became a hot commodity. Uh, I see the Saints are going to be sending a third-round pick uh, uh, to the New York Jets uh, for this. Now, if you're Bridgewater, it's good news, bad news, Cam, is you know the guy wants to play, and you're not going to play playing behind uh, Drew Brees. But at the same point in time, Drew Brees isn't going to be around forever, man. The guy's getting older, and you can sort of see it a little bit with Drew Brees getting older. And the fact of the matter is, hey, man, it's better to be a backup on the New Orleans Saints than the New York Jets, isn't it? <laughs> you, 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 said, you said it, buddy, and that's a great point. So these guys get equity. They get a third-round pick, Morency. And think about this. The Seahawks today just pick up Huntley from the Packers' sixth-rounder. So the Jets, by being brilliant, bringing them in there, you talk about equity. They have no faith in Tom Savage. Hill's still a kid. So if Breeze goes down, they needed somebody because we saw Tom Savage when he started for Houston. He was awful, right? So Bridgewater at least has some experience. He looked good in the preseason. Two touchdowns, one pick, 316 yards, and looking more confident after an injury that could end his career. So you know what? When you think about it, brilliant by the Jets. They get they get a pick where Seattle's getting Huntley for a six rounder, and they get a third rounder for Bridgewater. Pretty good savvy uh, moves by me. Uh, if you're thinking, if you're a Jets fan, you did a really good job today. Yeah, there was a lot of savviness uh, going on. We've never used the word savvy so much on the show ever. There was a lot of savviness yeah, savvy uh, uh, around, uh, without a doubt. When you look at the quarterback uh, situations, as look at the Green Bay Packers. They had Brett Hundley there for a couple of years. Brett Hundley had an opportunity to start you know, last year, as we saw. He wasn't terrible, uh, but clearly they, they thought, you know what, this isn't the guy that we want moving forward. And they were able to pitch, pick up Deshaun Kaiser off the scrap heap, who, who last year a lot of the quarterback gurus thought was the, you know, had the highest upside. Now, I, I thought Deshaun Watson did, and I was on record at the time of that. Uh, but... You know, as far as Seattle is concerned, yeah, eh. if Russell Wilson goes down, Brett Hundley's not going to be able to win football games for them. We saw he wasn't able to win football games uh, with the Green Bay Packers uh, last year in this spot. Now, we'll give credit to the Jets, Cam, but now let's let's rip the Jets because this is, you know, this is more of a normal thing to do. Let's rip the Jets right now. Teddy Bridgewater found out he got traded when the players were on the bus. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the entire hey, team's buddy, on the going, bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they basically yeah. told him, like, they saw on the phone, and oh, 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 they're like, oh, you just got traded yeah. to the Saints. Yeah. And then he got off the bus. Like, you figure that, well, could they would have been like. <laughs> they would take him to the next stop, right? Like, yeah, it would be like, afraid. well, wherever we were going on the bus, whatever, I'll get off. You're and not then, a member. You know, I'll make a call. <laughs> But no, no, they stopped the bus. They stopped the bus, and he got off the bus. So I need to see a picture of this. And, you know, this is uh, from uh, Tom Pelissero, 
Uh, he says, crazy scene. Uh, um, jet players were on the bus when they stopped, told Teddy Bridgewater had been traded. He waved goodbye, then they drove off. Bridgewater headed to the Saints. Wild. Now, what I want to know is, did they drop him off at like an Uber stand? Did they drop him off at a taxi stand? Did they drop him, was it like on the side of the freeway? They're like, bro, like you're not on our team anymore. You got to get off the bus. Like, I want to know where the bus Next was. Exit. Yeah, good point, Morenzi. Like, at least if you remember the team, say we're on the team, we'll go, hey, Teddy, we'll take you to your domicile to let you at least, you know, get a bag ready. And, hey, I can make arrangements to go down and join the Saints. But, yeah, maybe they just left him up the side of the highway. He had to thumb a ride or call, call an Uber or lift himself. Yeah, pretty brutal move there. I, I hope they took him door to door, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, where was this bus? Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Was it on so... the highway? Was it... Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm, like, I'm baffled <laughs> Where's about. the merge so... lane? All right, the bus was uh, headed to the Jets' final preseason game in Philadelphia. All right, so, okay, the bus actually didn't leave the team facility. He was on the bus. He was on the bus. They were pulling out of the team facility, the team parking lot, and basically he found out. He was like, all right, I'll get off. (laughs) I was thinking, Cam, what do you do, guys? if you're a bitch water? You're like a tripe. You're still kind of screwed. It's like, if you're Bridgewater, who do you call? Like, I guess the Saints, it's, you know, I guess the Saints will have a plane ticket for him, right? They're like, all right, meet us here or wherever. Exactly. He's like me. You'd hope. He's now he's just got to go to an airport. <laughs> That's the thing. Or what do you do? Do you go on uh, on Twitter and say, hey, Saints fan, I'm in the area. You want to give me a lift? I'm on your team now. Like, exactly. That's what I, you I would just, do. I, 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 yeah, that's kind that's of what, that's what you would do. do. <laughs> Yeah, hey, can you somebody give me a lift? But I'll tell you though, you'd be like, hey, <laughs> what you'd be would like, I hey, Saints fans. Uh, now I'm a member of the Saints. Can you box till I get there, and you know, I'll hook you up once I get to New Orleans. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's so exactly. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater goes uh, to the Saints. Good for him though. Teddy Bridgewater, as I stated, you know, they're probably different places. I thought there would have been a couple of better spots. That would have been, you know, suited for him. Uh, you know, John Elway screws this up all the time, but I think Bridgewater is better than Keenum. Um, I know that Bridgewater is better than Blake Bortles. Um, the Buffalo Bills didn't like um, Tarod uh, Taylor, obviously. So then they went and drafted Josh Allen. Yet Teddy Bridgewater would be a pretty good quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. He's a playoff caliber quarterback. But the problem is there are a lot of teams that have young quarterbacks or new quarterbacks that, you know, like the Jets, they have Darnold, the Bills, they have Josh Allen. So there's not a lot of, you know, starting quarterback jobs. That's the whole thing like with Colin Kaepernick. Listen, I think Kaepernick got a raw deal in a sense, but at the same point in time, it's not like Kaepernick could be a starting quarterback anywhere right now anyways. It's not because he kneeled no, that he no. wouldn't be a starting quarterback. He's not good enough but right Gabe. now. Like there's – Kaepernick's is, in my opinion, Kaepernick is even though he hasn't played in a while better than Huntley. Would you not agree with that? And Seattle was yes, originally but, yeah. when all this when all this shit broke. Yeah, they but, were but, the original but, team who said we're going to bring in Kaepernick, right? But they, yeah, they but Brett Huntley, so. Brett Huntley's not asking for eleven million dollars a year, Ken. That's true. That's, you know, that's Brett, exactly Brett Huntley doesn't make thoughts. anything. No one knows who Brett yeah. Huntley is. No, I, they like that, right? <laughs> you know, I just say, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, Seattle had to do something, though, because you know uh, Boykin from TCU, he, he's a train wreck, right? Like, it doesn't yeah, yeah, matter. Yeah, but Brett Huntley's terrible. He can't, he can't yeah. help you guys. He's, he's not good, Ken. 
Russell, I know that. Russell Wilson, like the, the Seahawks right now, I'm just looking at this team going, what the hell's going on here? This guy might not even be around, and I can tell you Huntley's not going to be the starting quarterback. They're going to have to go out and draft somebody. Uh, they have to because I'm looking at this team. They're not getting any younger, too. They signed Lockett to a deal today. It's like, what do you got? Doug Baldwin and Lockett, he usually returns kicks. It's bad, Gabe. Like it's, it, it, we, we go from like one of the best teams in the league, like year after year, Stone Cold certified Sam Lock. To, you know, to make the playoffs or, or, or to at least be a good football team. Now they're going to be awful. Yeah, well, I want to see, I want to see if that twelfth man hangs around or if becomes eleven and a half man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds see like if a bad Sammy C. Yeah, he's eleven and a half man. Yeah, real or or a uh, or a porn movie. I wouldn't want to watch. Um, <laughs> Like I've always busted, you know, I've always busted Seattle fans balls as far as, you know, diehard fans since 2013, you know, diehard fans since 2015, etc. Listen, I know, you know, you've been a lifelong Seahawk fan and there are lifelong Seahawk fans. But yeah, the Kings. Yeah, the King. Yeah, but you're right. There's a lot of newbies. There's a lot of newbies, Gabe. You're right. I've never seen a team. So we'll see if they hang around on a bandwagon. Yeah, I, I think I got a lot of them, with you. I think a lot of them are going to go. I have Russell Wilson as my fantasy quarterback in a $1,000 entry league that I had to do Sunday morning from Vegas. It was a complete circus. Uh, Cardano's calling my room. The phone's ringing. I thought we were on Skype audio. I didn't realize they could see me in the Golden Nugget hotel room. Um, I was on like the delay. It was like this bizarro world. And then I find out after the draft it was for like $1,000. Every damn pick I made, Scott the King Engels, like, oh, that's a horrible. Oh, I don't like that pick at all. Ah, horrible. Yeah, yeah. Pick. So, no, no, my team's actually pretty good, in my opinion. And, you know, you know, like uh, CBS, it was on CBS uh, Fantasy. And, you know, how they give you grades after. And, yeah. like, I got a D plus, and everyone else got B's and A's and stuff like that. I'm glad. <laughs> those, those electronic gradings and stuff, they always suck. I remember NFL.com, like, predicts same crap. They're like, oh, your team's only going to win three games this year, and then I win the damn league. Like, the fantasy experts, like, I'm on Carton's side on this, and this is how this whole stupid league started, actually, because Carton said, you you fantasy guys look down on everybody else too much, and, um, you know, it's all sort of luck. And to be honest, season-long fantasy leagues, Cam, they really just come down to injuries. You be you're yeah. in a season long NBA yeah, fantasy for, for league. Sure. That's all that matters. You're in a season long NFL. Yeah, you might pick up a guy here or there and create. If I remember, I could pat myself on the back. I made a couple of nice moves and it did help me. Like I picked up a guy like in the playoffs. I was screwed. Everyone was screwed. But and I sort of I was like, all right, this guy's gonna you know gonna get it done. But it really is, Cam. You play a season-long fantasy in anything, like baseball. I played a season-long baseball league. My entire team's hurt. I didn't have a hope in hell. I was out in July, Cam. Yeah, I know, and that's the thing. I was doing I was doing my draft from the El Cortez uh, horse book, too. The same thing with our buddy Visine Vince and the rest of the crew. Marenzi, I, t- I take a player, McCaffrey, oh, he's gone, whatever. So I'm just, I'm going on the fly, the same type of situation. But you're right about that. The guy with no injuries is probably going to win. But I will say in football, though, you and you know because of the injuries, you got to be a waiver wire hawk. You've got one of those guys, get there first. Hopefully you're, you're the first guy in line, and you pick you're up, right. a, you know, the, hand, the handcuff and the other guy. That's how I, I got lucky last year because these guys, 
guys didn't know about, you know, they didn't know about Carson Wentz, so I got him really late, and he had a pretty pretty good year, and all these rookies, right? So that's the thing, and when my guy got hurt, you go on the waiver wire, and you pick up some stud, and he'll take take you to fantasy glory, but you're right, though. A lot of it's luck. He, he does take skill, though. You need to have good position players, but there's a shitload of luck involved, too. Mark Lawrence will join us on the other side. We're talking college football with Mark Lawrence. Gamblu's going to step up and in. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio is back. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Decisions, Ready for Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Talk a little fantasy football. Get your season taken to fantasy glory now with the 2018 Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. It's not just a draft kit. It's a full season package that takes you from draft day to championship week. It features in-depth analysis uh, from all your favorite FNTSY sports radio experts. Go to rotoexperts.com, use code WINNER to get 10% off on the exclusive edge package and set aside a spot on the mantle for that 2018 championship trophy. And, um, you know, I got a million things going on here, Cab. It's been a rough week. Uh, yep. Once again, a rough couple of days. Uh, but at the same point in time, um, you know, we've got to do our thing. And... We finally opened up a couple of fantasy football leagues. As we stated, we got in on the big boy carton $1,000 challenge. But I got to be honest, I had no idea it was $1,000. Like uh, I don't know who's paying for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is this is a good point. Like maybe everyone will pitch in and take care of your team since you didn't know what the fees yeah, and, were. Yeah, and then these so guys I, are ripping me. It's a thousand dollars. It's Sunday morning at nine a.m. I'm in a golden nugget. Didn't have the best internet connection in that room. It's all so. choppy, and they're like, oh, you're on the clock. And it was the same with me. I'm like, I'll take Kenyon Drake. They're like, you can't take him. He's gone. I'm like, all right, I'll take Marlon Mack. Like, I couldn't see anything. I'll uh, give me Marlon Mack. Yeah. He's gone. Gone. And, oh, yeah, so then basically, because uh, I'll blame Corey. Corey talked uh, so long. We, we got through, like, two rounds in two hours. And um, so basically then, Cam, the rest of my team, they're like uh, – Bones calls me. He's like, all right, how are you going to handle the rest of your picks? I'm like, guys, I'm speaking at a, at a conference in 10 conference. minutes. <laughs> like, I thought I'd have time to get ready for the conference. Like, I was on the phone with these. I was on Skype for like three hours with these guys. We got through. So like, what did they know, do? I, I handed you power. Auto-cue? No, I handed, I got my choice. Auto cue or I handed power of attorney yeah. to, um, um, to Corey Parson, <laughs> I handed, oh, that's uh, a handed good, it over. You know what? I got to hand it to you. He's a good power of attorney. Rather than going on auto cue, he knows the fantasy stuff. So he probably got you a few good gems late. Uh, my okay, choice I, I is could tr- I could trust him. Well, listen, I wasn't going to trust Carton playing for a thousand dollars. He would have <laughs> gave me a crap ass team. <laughs> so I certainly I don't trust the king. He was he was hating on every damn pick that I was making. Yeah. 
He's so all over was, you. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going with the king uh, here either. And uh, or is Michelle Serpico. So, you know, I figured, ah, you know, I got to go with my boy Corey. And it's crazy, too, because I missed the first two of my picks. But it wasn't my fault. We had some technical issues getting in. So uh, just as we're trying to track Mark Lawrence down uh, right now as well, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get Mark, Mark on here. I know Mark's ready to go. So I, I don't know what the issue is, but uh, keep me posted on that in the booth, guys. Because uh, I know I spoke to Mark a couple of minutes ago. He's ready to go. So, yeah, so I had to do the draft. I had to do the draft, and um, it was just complete chaos. Then after, I find out it was for $1,000. So, yeah, I couldn't get my original picks in due to technical difficulties. There were no fault of my own. It was on the other end. and um, But he took Dalvin Cook and Odell Beckham for me. So, ultimately, Ooh, I think I got a pretty I like good that. Team. I agree. No, same thing happened to me, Morenci. It's uh, it was absolutely. Right, we, sorry, stupid. Ken. So we've got Mark Lawrence yep. in here. We oh, got. He's we back? got. I know he's, he's here. Nice. Yeah, I'll tell you though, Mark. Just, just quickly, Cam. I'll tell you, I hate that too. I don't like doing fantasy drafts on phones in hotel rooms. Doesn't especially work, especially when you're playing. I'm playing for a, it's a twelve thousand dollar grand yeah. prize, and I'm making yeah. my picks in a in a hotel room in a Golden Nugget on a nine in the morning. Come on, man. So let me let me bring uh, yeah. Mark Lawrence in here. Uh, right now, uh, yeah, Mark Lawrence, nine in the morning in a hotel room in Vegas. He's already been to the gym. He's been up. Uh, he's ran a couple <laughs> of miles on the treadmill and, uh, he's put another couple of thousand words in a database. How you doing, Mark? If you call eating bacon and eggs being to the gym, then yes, I was that at nine in the morning in Vegas. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, Cam was doing worse so, things. Sounds like body. us. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't really. I, I got one bacon and eggs in. I went to McDonald's uh, for breakfast once, and it was, it was pretty good. So um, yeah, we were all in Las Vegas, Nevada, for the IFPC. Mark, great job. Uh, I enjoyed watching you and uh, Teddy and uh, and of course head coach uh, Jim Fossil uh, break it down. And um, I appreciate uh, you coming down uh, as well, uh, Cam. We. Uh, we raised it up a notch once again uh, this year on Sunday. I didn't appreciate the Carolina Panther bashing that was going on. So we had yeah, to challenge you whale, that capper whale, whale capper. Yeah, yeah, it was all friendly, though. It was all friendly. Yeah. I felt bad yeah, after. You put I your said, money where your mouth is. Yeah, I said after. I said, listen, I didn't want to put you on the spot for 500 If you want to go 100 it's all right. And he said, no, 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 I'm good with it. I'm good with it. So, uh, yeah, and that's another IFPC in the books, Mark. But I got to tell you. They got to get you and me on a panel together sometime, Mark. I, you know, I, I'm going to speak to them next year and request my own panel. I would probably pay to watch that, Gabe. Uh, you and I together on a panel. We came to be the, uh, the, the our host, if you will. Yeah, the moderator. The moderator, exactly. Right, that'd be terrific. <laughs> At least Cam will love it. You guys are knocking out left. of the park. Yeah, I got to go now. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mark. So I know it's I know it's college football time of the year when I got like eight windows open and they're all from you basically. I've got like playbooks open, I've got emails open, I've got the games we're gonna talk about open. I gotta get you a bio, I'll get this done right after the show for you. Um and so I know college football is back. We hit the Wyoming game. It went on, you know, that was nice. We hit the under. But uh, how about Hawaii, Cam and Mark, man? Hawaii really shocked a lot of yeah. betters coming out here, winning outright as 17-point uh, underdogs. 
Gabe, I actually, I got to tell you guys, I I bet it, Mark. And I I was sitting with a lady who was from Hawaii and went to Hawaii playing blackjack and before the game and says, you know, the kids really love the coach. And she goes, that's too many points. Like she actually was like up on Hawaii football and says, this team is going to be real tight in that game and might win. And I'm like, listen to this. She was smart. Marenzi, I didn't really smash it because I'm like, yeah, what's this lady know? But man, what a great performance by the Rainbow Warriors, guys. What do you think, Mark? Well, you know, it was a terrific performance. Uh, you know, I think they caught the right team that particular week, though. Uh, yeah. Colorado State is a football team that was really hit the hardest in the off season with losses, and uh, it really showed in the football game. And you know, while it looks like Colorado State outyarded Hawaii in the game, which they did, uh, the fact of the matter is they were down 30 points in the third quarter, so it was all garbage yards that Colorado State put up in the game. A great job by Hawaii. They had a lot of time to get ready for the football game, and now they're going to go home feeling pretty good about themselves when they host Hawaii this weekend. So let's jump in uh, here, guys, to the Thursday night uh, college football slate. we got Central Florida and UConn. I don't really want – I'm not laying 23-and-a-half points. New coach, first game of the year. I know UConn are terrible, yet I'm not laying 23-and-a-half on the road in, in, in this spot. Um, you know, We didn't have this game circled, Mark, but just quickly your thoughts on – New Mexico State gets shut out at home. Now they go to Minnesota. Overreaction or underreaction with the Gophers laying 21 and a half here? Probably a bit more of an overreaction than anything. Just, you know, everybody remembers what happened last, and they saw New Mexico State lay a big egg in the football game. And, you know, the truth will be known that they're the type of team that I want to play against this year in New Mexico State. They were a stone-ass loser for the longest time. They finally had that winning <laughs> season last year. Uh, that sounds like me and Cam, stone-ass losers. Yeah, what, stone-ass losers? You, you nailed it, Mark. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> Should be the new name of the show. Is. Yeah. <laughs> At least the second, right, exactly, you know. Yeah. So, but the bottom line here is I think it is a bit of an overreaction. I'm, I'm just not all excited about laying that many points with Minnesota. But uh, the bottom line here is I don't want any piece of New Mexico State anytime soon. All right, here's a yeah, game. Mark, I look forward to – I want to get to the lane game in a second here. But yeah. Northwestern and Purdue, Cam, this is an intriguing Ooh. one. You know, Jeff Brom went to Purdue last year, turned that thing around pretty quickly. I remember in the first game of the year, everybody loaded up on Louisville. Louisville were massive favorites, man, and Purdue nearly beat them. I think, you know, reality started to settle in a little bit for Purdue. And I'm curious to Mark's take on Purdue here, whether I think that I I personally, a lot of people think that, oh, they're just going to keep climbing the ladder, and now suddenly they're going to win nine games or something this year. I think everything sort of fell into the place for them last year. I think it might take another couple of years for Braun to get this where he wants it to be. And quite frankly, I just think Northwestern's an all-around better football team, Mark, than Purdue here. Well, Northwestern is a type of football team that nobody ever gives any credit to. Uh, Fitzgerald's done a great job with this football program here. And, you know, the truth be known, Purdue is a lot like, if you will, New Mexico State, a stone loser who became a winner last year, and you end up looking for them to maybe go back the other direction uh, as far as the football season goes here. Northwestern's uh, success is all going to come about uh, how healthy their quarterback, Clayton Thorson, is. Uh, Word is from my guy, my quarterback guru guy, this kid has got NFL ability. Uh, and he will be drafted uh, in the National Football League, Will Thorson. So, you know, however healthy he is, is how far Northwestern will go. They were terrible uh, without him. They struggled. They were good with him. So we'll see whether or not he's healthy in this first football game. 
Yeah, Mark, we broke down uh, earlier the conferences, and uh, you and Gabe, we talked about Tulane, and you're very high on them. 14-3 and straight-up home versus uh, teams that won eight or fewer games last year. And the beautiful thing about the Green Wave also trending upwards, they lose tight games, uh, only one loss by more than four, and uh, they're getting six at home against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. What do you think? Are we going to ride the Green Wave to a, a green future, Mark? I think we are. I'm a big Willie Fritz guy, as you know, Cam, you mentioned here. I like him real well as a head coach. And you're talking about a Wake Forest football team that enjoyed some unexpected success last football season as well. You know, they went to a bowl game. Uh, they, out, they beat Texas A&M in a bowl game. That was really big for them two years in a row now. So I think Wake Forest is a type of a football team that could be exposed. And I love Tulane in this home underdog role. Willie Fritz, this is the kind of role that you get, uh, role, I should say, that you get your program started enough on. And Wake Forest suspends Kendall Hinton, their quarterback, for the first three games of the season. That doesn't bode well for them. I think the wrong team could be favored here. I agree, and um, I like the spread. I, li- I like the points here. I like the fact that, you know, wise guys like Mark Lawrence know that Tulane is is going bowling uh, this year, but the public is going to be hesitant to pull the trigger early. It's just sort of a brand name, Bat Ooh, ACC, taking on Tulane. Let's let's jump into Friday here, and I, you know I want you to explain to people, uh, Mark, about the uh, the red face bowlers, which once again applies to Cam. <laughs> <laughs> the red, red, red face bowlers. Um, I am a red face. I'm looking at this football game here on Friday night. We got some intriguing ones on Friday night, but Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, and the Badgers. A lot of hype about this Wisconsin team, and I tell you what, I think the Badgers could be a playoff caliber team this year. They are that good, and they always play that Wisconsin soft uh, cheese schedule as well. Uh, but I got to tell you, man. Western Kentucky have athletes. You know, they're not the Hilltoppers from from yesteryear, but they still have athletes on this football team. A little bit surprised here, Mark, to see the point spread at 36 points right now for this game. It's a big point spread because a lot's expected from Wisconsin this football season, as you mentioned figured to win their division in the Big Ten Conference this year, likely to play Ohio State in the title game. Everybody's got them as a fourth or fifth ranked team in the country. But there's some suspensions that are going about with Wisconsin right now. And you've got Western Kentucky, as you mentioned, Gabe, what I call a red-faced bowler. And what that basically is is a team that ended the season last year in a bowl game. They found themselves favored by seven or more points, but they lost that game straight up. They were embarrassed. They were red-faced embarrassed as a big fan favorite in a bowl game these teams tend to do really really well in their first game of the season the next year Uh, that'll be the role here for western kentucky in this football game and you look at this team here and you go back and you look at them in their last i believe it's their last 100 games they've only lost by more than 28 points four times so you're talking about a huge number to a football team that's not used to getting rubbed out to a team that has motive and incentive to play a football game I think Western Kentucky is going to push Wisconsin right down to the finish in this game. I like it, Cam. I got to give uh, Morenci. I got to give you, you some credit too, Morenci. It, it is a lot of points. I, I think it's too many points. And Morenci, I was going to tell you and Mark, I got a lot of respect for you guys. You were all over uh, Florida Atlantic and Lane Kiffin six and zero ATS is a double digit pooch. The defense is improved, but man, what a way to open it up at Norman against Oklahoma, getting twenty one points total, seventy two. What do you think, Mark? This is a big test to woo Florida Atlantic. Can they can they actually hang around with these guys and not get blown? up what do you think about uh, this game florida atlantic taking on the sooners 
I'm going to ride on Gabe's team last year, the team that did him so well, the Owls last year. You know, Lane Kiffin, I've been reading down here in South Florida, he's not going to Oklahoma to be competitive. He's going to Oklahoma to win this game. Uh, he feels that confident about his football team here. And as you mentioned, he's been a double-digit underdog six times in his career. He's won the money all six games. And he also brings a team that last year whose defense improved 100 yards over last football season. You're looking at Oklahoma, who's going to have a complexion change this year. They lose Baker Mayfield, and suddenly everybody's got tape. They've got game film on Lincoln Riley and what it is that he does. I think Kippen's the kind of coach that can expose that. I think this football game's going to be a lot closer than Vegas feels in this contest. You're exactly right. They lose Baker Mayfield. And also a team that sort of exceeded expectations a little bit. Lincoln Riley's going to find out life's not always going to be as easy as it was for him last year. Everything fell into place. And losing Orlando Brown Jr. as well, guys. We're talking about a mountain of a man, six foot eight, three hundred and you know fifty five pounds, etc. A massive man that just covered a lot of real estate. And you know we've talked about it. Murray's good, but we've seen Murray play before. He's a better baseball player. Like, he's not going to be the top nine pick in the National Football League draft, I'll guarantee you this year, but he already is in baseball. So he's a good athlete, and now you get FAU. You're right, guys. Years ago, this would be what they call the old paycheck game in the Schellenberger days. It'd be a paycheck game. Yep. It's not a paycheck game now. And I remember even last year, Kiffin gets there. He got all he could handle. They hung around with Navy a little bit. They ended up losing by 23. Then what happened in week two? They went to they went up there to Madison, Wisconsin. They only lost by 17. And then, you know, they start to figure it out. As Mark stated, we're talking about a team that's riding a 10-game win streak right now. And something that's interesting, Cam, about FAU, and I like this about these guys going on the road to these hostile environments. You know, Kiffin's a fun coach and stuff. So they crank like Jay-Z and hip-hop during practices. Yes. So they're playing loud music, but their practice facilities right next to the airport. They have planes landing right over their heads all day and taking <laughs> off all, all day. But they don't stop. They use it as crowd noise. So basically, you've got Smart. jets going. You've got music going. And Kiffin says, man, when we go on the road, it ain't nothing, man. We're used to music and jets, right? So it's just the little things that, you know, th this team's putting together. Riding the 10-game win streak is Mark, and anyone can get the playbook, playbook.com, uh, can see Lane Kiffin 6-0 and against the spread as a double-digit dog. Uh, there's some also numbers, isn't there, Mark, about teams that um, – that improved their win total by seven games and a hundred yard improved defense as well, right? Yeah, that's going to bode well here in this football game, as you mentioned, for Florida Atlantic. They're one of those teams that improved their defense a hundred yards uh, last football season here, and seven win teams that do that in opening games of the year, they've been terrific. Ten two and one against the spread. That's the roll we'll back Florida Atlantic in. All right, hang in here, Mark. We're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about that big Northern Illinois Mac Big Ten matchup. We got Liberty, Falwell Jr.'s an idiot, but they got a good football team. And, of course, we got Michigan and Notre Dame. Uh, game time decisions, Ready and Rage Radio continues. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Berenzi right now in Vancouver. Cam Stewart's in Toronto. Mark Lawrence is in Florida. We're global. Um, we've got uh, Gamble going to join us from Arizona a little bit later on. We'll be in New York uh, tomorrow. So uh, the Sports Rage World Tour continues. Um, as does our college football breakdowns. Next week, we'll talk a little NFL football uh, with the guru, Mark Lawrence. Uh, Sports Data University is uh, is around uh, around the corner for information about that. Uh, go to playbook.com, uh, pick up the playbook newsletter. It's an absolute uh, must if you're um, if you're gambling. You know, you don't have to be betting 500 bucks a game either uh, to use the playbook. It's extremely affordable. It comes in all all sort of uh, formats on your phone. If you're a kid, you're a younger guy, unlike me and Cam, that does fantasy drafts on phones and it doesn't bother you, <laughs> then you can read the playbook on a phone. I'm old. I need a big screen, man. Like, yeah, I can't. I can't think and stare I at a little phone, see. man. Can't see exactly. So let, let's jump in and talk about this uh, Northern Illinois Husky Iowa Hawkeye uh, football game. And you know, Northern Illinois over the years have sort of been the most trustworthy of of the MAC teams. I think so, you know, there's a lot of one and done MAC teams. You know, Western Michigan will have a big year, then they're gone. You know, Ball State had a couple of big years, then they're gone. Northern Illinois has been that consistent beast in this conference, Mark. Fallen on hard times over the last couple of years, but really, you know, extremely injury plagued. Like, I've never seen a team go through, like, 13 quarterbacks like these guys have. Yet, it seems like this is the year where they get back on track and are a big-time potential double-digit win football team. Clearly the class at a Mac this year, in my opinion. They went through so many quarterbacks. You know, they've got guys with experience now. And, you know, they got they had the freshman uh, quarterback of the year. Their defense is stacked. And Iowa is going to regress a little bit. You know, listen, Northern Illinois are a Big Ten. They're the closest thing to a Big Ten team in the MAC, And Northern Illinois are more of a Big Ten team than the freaking Illinois alumni are right now. I think Northern Illinois can legitimately win this game. I think it comes down to the wire. Like, I think we're, this will be one of those on Saturday afternoon you're going to see on ESPN a, a last-second field goal one way or the other, Mark. I would not disagree at all with that, Gabe. In fact, I think uh, this is one of the better teams in the MAC again this year. They're very, very consistent. They've won 30 of their last 40 road games straight up on the scoreboard. There's not teams in the Power Five conferences that can say that. 30 and 10 in their last 40 road games. That's what Northern Illinois is. They know how to win games away from home. The last 12 times they've taken on the Big Ten, they've won the money 11 of the last 12 games. And the flip side, Iowa struggles against the MAC. They're just one and five to the spread. The last six MAC games they played. This is another of those double-digit dogs that has a hundred-yard improved defense from last football season. Here, uh, there's a lot to like about I think in this game in Northern Illinois. Sounds like Hugh Hefner's hey uh, house back yeah. there. Yeah, what's going on there, Marenzi? <laughs> you guys, is that your ringtone or is that Mark? I, I, was I think it's Mark to the silk robe there. Oh, that's yeah, that's sounds, a real exactly. classy tone. Classy oh, that tones. That, that, was, that was me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say something here, guys. Take a look at what, since we've broken it down on the game. Tulane, pooch. Western Kentucky, big pooch against Oklahoma. Florida Atlantic, there seems to be a trend here, dog. Northern Illinois, we're talking dogs. And now Gabe and Mark Liberty, they make their F- FBS debut. Hey, Conference USA, they want these guys, Sunbelt, whatever. 
and Old Dominion, yeah, these guys, you know, they're 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 not a they're not a world beater by any stretch, and they're laying six and a half or seven points against Liberty. And Liberty, we know, guys, they've won a big game before. So, what do you think about uh, Liberty, Mark? Old Dominion's a football team that last year, while they went bowling, they went backwards 14 points a game and 100 yards a game. So they kind of did things uh, in reverse order with smoke and mirrors last year. Did uh, Old Dominion opening up here at Liberty. And this is the game that Liberty has pointed to forever. This is their debut in the FBS. We talked about it a little bit earlier when we were doing the previews that Liberty had applied for membership into the Conference USA and into the Sun Belt, and were denied by both conferences, where does Old Dominion reside in the Conference USA? So rest assured, this will be like a religious following. He's going to have people up on his feet, like a Falwell gathering at Liberty in this football game here. I like them to win this game straight up. Guys, we just moved a number. Um, Western <laughs> Kentucky, it's to 35 and a half now. And that's not random coincidence. People are tuning in. We've got thousands of listeners. That it's an unnamed book because they don't pay us. Uh, but I swear to God, I know my show moves numbers at this book all the time. <laughs> all the time. Like during the podcast, it's just funny that as we talk, it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, you're telling me right now randomly that hey, some book in England just moved a half a point? No, no. Like, our boys just moved it. Now, these guys are going to move the Liberty number now down from 220 probably. And, of course, Liberty last year with the upset of the year when they went into Baylor and beat Baylor as 33-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, last year. So they're more than capable, as Cam, uh, Cam alluded to, to winning a big football game. I like this. I mean, we're getting points, but this feels like a money line play to me, Mark. Just grab the plus 220. It looks like a real money line play to me, Gabe. Uh, one, because I think they can win this game. And two, they're going to play with the passion in this contest here. It's uh, everything that they've been wanting for. Hasn't been around real long, the program. Uh, you take a look at uh, Turner Gill, the head coach, former quarterback at Nebraska, former head coach. Perfect. Uh, he's He's been there before. He knows exactly what it's all about. He's the highest. He was the highest paid FCS coach. Me and Gary Cam Paulo. interviewed him before. Me, me, really me, Cam, great guy. Yeah. He was the uh, head coach guy. of the Buffalo Bulls. Buffalo Bulls, and, and did a great job there. Yeah, me and Cam were the ambassadors for the the International Bowl. We had Turner Gill and uh, and the Buffalo Bulls on in a band, etc. But good guy. And of course, me and Cam know the CFL and Turner Gill, a longtime CFL uh, player as well. So, you know, Turner Gill, it's a good place for him here right now. He makes a lot of money down there, though, doesn't he? Those religious donations, they're going to turn. Some of them going to Turner. He better win some <laughs> win some games there, Mark. When you guys were ambassadors, did that mean you were also in charge of the tailgating parties when you were there as well at those yeah. like the Buffalo uh, the bowl games? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. international you, you should, bowl. Mark, you, you, you should have seen us. Me and Marantz, we actually put on our uh, our monkey suits. Uh, we had the bands from Connecticut in and Buffalo. Yeah, we had blazers. A TV show. You know what's yeah, funny, we had Mark, blazers actually? On. When we went <laughs> To, we went to the national championship game, the big one. It was uh, Florida Gators and Oklahoma Sooners, Bradford versus Tebow in Miami. Yeah. Our passes were actually, we were with the International Bowl. <laughs> so, yeah. right? so imagine we're at like this cocktail party, and it was so funny, Mark. It was like the, the politics of college football. Like, guys are looking at me and Cam, like, who the hell are these guys? And, like, we've got, like, we're, whole, we're drinking wine with our glasses there. Like, we've got our Blazers with our, our Liberty Bowl laminate. And, like, you know, guys from the Fiesta Bowl. The guy from the Fiesta Bowl is all right, but the Rose Bowl guys and Sugar Bowl guys, they yeah, blow yeah. you off. So, like, it was hilarious, yeah. Mark. We were in the corner getting drunk. 
with the Las Vegas Bowl guys, the Memphis oh. Bowl guys, the Liberty <laughs> Bowl, like sort of the lower tier bowls. Yeah, <laughs> and all the upper tier, tier guys were wearing nicer suits. And like Isaiah Thomas was there and Lynn Swan and all these celebrities were like with the Rose Bowl guys. And we're hanging out at the it end of the so bar in the cheap seats with the Liberty Bowl guys. <laughs> Drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, they're like, you guys got to come down to the Charlotte Belt Bowl sometime. You know what I mean? We're like, we'd love to, man. Like, <laughs> All right. So. Remember that too, Marenzi? Yeah, before we get into it, there was a, and the, the guys from the Big Bowls got in the hot tub with all these hot chicks, and we're just hanging around with a bunch of dudes at the bar, too. It was absolutely crazy. Great yeah, all right. So let's get to uh, – yeah, I'll never have a Big Ten badge at one of those functions again. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, nor will I. Uh, Michigan and Notre Dame. Ooh, uh, big, big yeah. game. Listen, the biggest games of the day uh, is Michigan-Notre Dame, Auburn-Washington, which we'll get to Washington. before we get Mark out of here. And we, we've got to hit Louisville and, and Alabama, obviously, as well. But Michigan's another red-faced bowler. Harbaugh's got... Um, I think Harbaugh, the entire football team, and the entire you know state of Michigan. You look at Michigan State; they have a chip on their shoulder. Michigan's got a chip on their shoulder. You know, there's a lot of talk, and it's already started in the mainstream media that oh, Harbaugh's in trouble if he loses this game, and Kelly's in trouble if they lose this game. The media can build this up. It's a big game. No one's getting fired Sunday morning, but. You know, Harbaugh, Harbaugh does need a big win. He needs a feather in his cap, Mark, and this is an opportunity to get it. Yeah, the program is really kind of stalled, if you will, at Michigan. They're dragging right now. You, they lost three in a row to end the season last year. That's not good news at all. They choked in the Outback Bowl as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. That makes them another red-faced bowler in this contest. They've also got arguably maybe a top-five defense, maybe number one, two, or three this year. The defense at Michigan are always good with Harbaugh. And you love right now that Notre Dame's gone the favorite in this game as we speak. The underdog in this series is 26-6 and six against the spread. It's been a pure underdog upset type series here. I think Michigan comes with everything they've got in this game. Shea Patterson well, makes his debut. Yeah, exactly. You know, listen, Cam, the exactly. one issue with Notre Dame, listen, Tariq Black got hurt this week, I understand, when we were in Vegas, uh-huh. right? So Tariq yep. Black, I think he's out. And then um, the Michigan offensive line. Yeah, that that's going to be a little bit of a concern. But Patterson's a mobile guy. He's not like a, uh, you know, he's not a statue with like pigeon, you know, stuff on his head like O'Corn was in these guys. They were just sort of done when a pocket broke down. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys this. I don't have to tell uh, Mark. I know is that you know Patterson threw for seventeen touchdowns last year, Cam, in seven games. Michigan's quarterbacks threw for nine touchdowns in the entire damn year. Their lowest output since 1975 when Bo Schembechler didn't throw the football. So, you know, I I would expect a big improvement. The underdog has always been to play in this series. I'm a Michigan fan. There's been some great games over the years. But normally these games, you know, the home team does well and the road team normally covers is the way this series is usually gone, Mark. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of dog, and because of that, and a lot of those road teams as well as you mentioned here, I think the bottom line is uh, when you put the game under the microscope, it's going to come down to quarterback play, and I think uh, Michigan holds the cards in this contest with Shea Patterson against Brandon Wimbush, who's really struggled in his career at Notre Dame. 
Uh, bottom line to me is you got the better defense in this football game with a lot of motivation in the Michigan Wolverines. Better quarterback, better defense. Yeah. Seems like a couple of things on our side. That's like card counting, Cam. It's no guarantee, but you know, we got a little bit of an edge. It's like card counting and yeah, blackjack. Yeah, I played with this chick from Fresno, Gabe. She was the best blackjack player ever. Like T-Bone, she counted cards. She just took took like three grand and said, nice playing with you, Red, and she was out of here. Like she was an absolute animal <laughs> playing double deck at the at the, at the the El Cortez. I got to talk about defense, guys, but listen to this one. Washington and Auburn, there's some good uh, defense in this game too. Let's note the game being played in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Dome, Gabe. And you know Washington, they've been there before losing to Alabama, Mark. Auburn, it's SEC country, but I'll tell you, Washington getting a couple points in this game they're pissed off they're going down there they they need to make a statement they got to beat an sec team this is going to be a fantastic football game gabe knows i got husky uh roots in my family with my father and grandfather but it should be a classic mark washington plus two against auburn what a game what a game uh you know likely if washington loses they're just about done because they're in the pac-12 and that one and eight egg that they laid in the pac-12 in the bowl games last year isn't going to get them any kind of a free pass auburn could likely lose this game and still play themselves into the playoffs moving forward because they're in the sec now in auburn's favor i gotta admit this that they are to a red-faced bowler remember last year they laid ten and a half to central florida and lost that football game but they're going back to the same scene of the crime that they lost to Central Florida and the same scene of the crime that they lost to Georgia exactly. in the same stadium. Yep. And, you know, so, you know, is that going to bode well for them? I don't think so. And you've got to hear, I think, in Washington, a football team that I projected to make the college football playoffs this year. They've got as good as a uh, front seven on defense as anybody in the country. They've got a quarterback that's thrown for over 9,000 yards and 90 touchdowns and a running back in Miles Gaskin who will be playing in the National Football League. I think there's a lot to like about Washington in this game as well. You know, there's a, you, this is a great game, as you mentioned, guys. And most of the summer, I was thinking this is the spot that Washington can step up and in. Then I started to think, yep. what big games have Washington won? You know, they, 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 when they played Alabama, they were, they were outgunned 24-7. And to me, yep. and listen, if this game was in the Pacific Northwest, then I, I'd like the Washington Huskies. But you know, And I know that Auburn's lost these last two games here. But it is, it's a road game, essentially, for the Washington Huskies. We have an SEC team versus a Pac-12 team that are sort of, you know, let's say the favorites, co-favorites of their, of their, their, their conferences. I got to lean SEC. Pac-12 are 1-8 in bowl games uh, last year as a whole. I looked it up. The, you know, the Washington Huskies don't play the SEC a lot. Um, since 2009, they played the SEC three times. They've lost and failed to cover in all three of those football games. And as far as Auburn is concerned, similar situation. They don't match up with the Pac-12 uh, all that much. Uh, but they are 5-2 and two against the spread versus the Pac-12, including beating the Ducks for the national title a couple of years ago. So when it's all said and done, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to lean with the SEC here in Auburn. So we'll get you out of here on this last game here, Mark. Speaking of the SEC, Alabama are still the beasts. Uh, of uh, of college uh, football. They've been in every college football playoff, all four of them, but they are laying a lot of points. And, you know, I remember everything from the playbooks, and I've been making money off of this one for years, Mark, in which Nick Saban picks his spots. Nick Saban, Cam, would rather kick the crap out of Tennessee and embarrass them. Yeah. He likes to beat Tennessee yes. or Mississippi 45-3. He doesn't care about Louisville. They're not in his wheelhouse. You know, it doesn't, 
he doesn't run the score up on these teams. And Mark, you know, the numbers from the playbook tell us this. What is it? Is it 13 and one now? 12 and one, 13 and one when laying 20 or more against a non-conference team? Yeah, one and 12 to the spread laying uh, 21 or more. That's not a good number for Bama. And uh, our good friend Joe Lisi, I was met with him over the weekend here, and he was uh, telling me all about this Louisville football program here and how he feels that they're going to be not missing a beat despite the fact that Lamar Jackson's gone. They've got a lot of talent here. They're going to push the ball. They're going to put uh, keep the Alabama defense back on its heels the whole game. He, Joe bet them on a money line, if you can believe it, Louisville to win this game. Uh, wow. So this is the kind of a football game wow. that you're talking a, a Louisville football program here taking an exorbitant amount of points here. I think I got to go with Joe in this game and take the points as well. I got to take the points, but I can't go as far as with yeah, Joe. No, with I'm the not going to do line. money line. I agree. But, uh, Just take the, take the points. But we'll we see the, the type points. of suits. We see Joe Lisi's wardrobe. So I don't know. Obviously, oh, yeah, he wins some of these big money line plays sometimes because yeah. how does he afford winning, those suits, Mark? Yeah, he's winning somewhere. Exactly right. Yeah, Joe's a well dressed man, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, that guy at the SBR thing, Gabe, he was macking more ladies. That guy was sharp. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Mark, Mark Lawrence, Mark, Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Pick up the playbook. Just go to the website. You can learn about the sports data university that I'll be participating uh, with. And uh, you can win some money this weekend and you can get some great, great information for a very affordable price. Playbook.com. Check it out. Thanks for the time, Mark. My pleasure, guys. Be well. Let's hope the ball bounces our way. We go from one class Take act care, to another from Mark Lawrence to Lou. Gamblu, who was unfortunately unable to join us in Vegas uh, over the weekend. Uh, but we're going to shift gears. Let's talk some NFL football with Lou coming up next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Game Time Decisions. Game Time Decisions. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabe Oberenzi. Not alongside. On the other side, we're about 3,000 miles away right now. But uh, you know what? We're off to a pretty good uh, start uh, here. Uh, Cam's in Toronto right now. I'm in Vancouver. Mark Lawrence just joined us uh, from the uh, Fort Lauderdale area in Florida. Lou will step up and in in a second uh, here from Arizona. Some uh, breaking news here for the National Hockey League. Martin Brodeur and the St. Louis Blues are parting ways. Martin Brodeur is now done as uh, assistant general manager to the St. Louis Blues. And, you know, Cam, I kind of pride myself on knowing what I'm talking about when it comes to sports, but... I had no freaking idea of that. I, I didn't know he was done. I never knew he was with the Blues. I, I You could have offered me a million dollars, like true or false. Martin Broder is the assistant general manager of the Blues. I would have said, no, no, he's not. I would have known that. I, I didn't know that. I'll admit it. Yeah, no. And the crazy thing is, when you think of Martin Marktown Road there, you think of the Devils, right? Or you think of, hey, Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And he's like, nee, nee, yeah, nee, nee, I hate to say it, but I think his entire career. Why are you with the Blues? Yeah. 
Yeah, his entire it's career has just come down to those dumb commercials, in my opinion. <laughs> That's yeah, one of the yeah, best. So anyways, when you break it down, I, Gabe, one of the best of all time yeah, for yeah. Uh, big time performances. I'm aware. I'm aware. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hosted a radio show in Montreal. All right, I know who Martin Brodeur is. Yeah, good Thank point. You. Yeah, they, they, lo- they yeah. love him in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Most, most everyone does. <laughs> yeah, that's good, good, we've good had point. big debates about we've we've had big debates about uh, Martin Brodeur and Patrick Wall over the years. Trust me. So um, there's no debate though when we're talking about what a class act Lou is from Gamblue.com. Let's bring in a Lou, and Lou actually knows hockey as well. Let's see if Lou was aware that Martin Brodeur was the assistant general manager of the St. Louis Blues. Did you know that, Lou? I did, and I also knew that, uh, and, and it's not because I'm studying hockey right now, because that couldn't be further from the truth, but I did happen to see somewhere that there was an article that they were discussing parting ways amicably, which obviously they have now consummated. So, uh, good for Brodeur. I don't know what he's going to go do, but, he, you know, he's a, he was a hell of a goalie. And, uh, you know, St. Louis is is an organization that really is groping in the dark, if you want my opinion. Yeah, they're on yeah, a trend. I, 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 I agree, guys. Like, what do you think though. about mediocrity? Like, that? Yeah, that's the thing about St. Louis. They're never brutal. They're always one step away. They'll win like a play, you know, and then remember, boom, they'll go, they'll go out to the wild or something. They just, it doesn't matter how they actually good they made are, the guys. playoffs. The Louis like Blues can't get over the, over the cup. I know. They actually made the playoffs 23 years in a row. Like it was like a record. Yeah. Dang, you know? Yeah, but those, uh, they don't those do anything loyal, though. I know. Those loyal fans want more. They've never won a cup and they're an original team. So. And then you have the St. Louis Cardinals who sort of spit out World Series championships every couple of years, right? The Cardinals are like the opposite. The Cardinals will underachieve most of the year, get hot in like yep. August, September, like now, <laughs> and then end up end up winning a World Series. Uh, but let, let's talk some um, let's talk some NFL football, uh, Lou. It's unfortunate we couldn't uh, connect uh, in Las Vegas uh, this weekend, uh, but hey, you know it's real world stuff. It's hard for everyone to be in, in the same city all the time. But we enjoyed meeting you last time. We'll definitely do it in the future. But uh, we talked a lot of NFL football this weekend on the panel. I was on a panel with Donnie Wright's side, Will Capper, and uh, Kelly, Kelly, uh, Kelly Stewart um, in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we agreed about a lot of things. But one thing that really set everybody off was me picking the Carolina Panthers, not only to win a division, but to represent the NFC. Now, not to throw anyone under the bus, but... I thought it was really bold of everyone to sit up there and give predictions of the year. I thought they were just reading the standings from last year, Cam. It's like, you know, that was last yeah, year. Stuff changes in the NFL, right? I mean, but yeah. the the disdain for the Panthers is comical to me. Their win total is eight and a half. They won 11 games last year. Christian McCaffrey is going to be a stud now. Um, I think it's DJ what Moore? it comes down to. DJ Moore is a great draft pick out of uh, out of Maryland. The kid from Ohio State is still young, 20, 21 years old, the Samuels kid. But, you know, you know, um, Lou, when you look at boxing and you, you get value betting on Floyd Mayweather because people bet against him because they want to see him lose, I remember people convinced saying that, oh, Oscar De La Hoya was going to beat him. Man, it was like minus 130 by the, the, that fight night. I remember people thought Ricky Hatton was going to beat him. Ricky Hatton was doing coke in his hotel room you know, the night before the fight, basically. He wasn't beating him. 
But people always, you know, last time with Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, oh, Conor's got a shot. Because people want to see Floyd lose, so they bet against him. I think, guys, that's my theory with Cam Newton as well. I think the market prices are always lower than they should be on the Panthers because people, quite frankly, hate Cam Newton. What, what's your take on that theory, Lou? And what's your take on the Carolina Panthers over under eight and a half? Uh, I, I can't comment on my on what other people are in the perception of that because I, I really try and tune that out. I try and do my own study of the scheduling um, I, when I look at Carolina's schedule based on other teams over under season wins, they have the 14th hardest schedule. So they're buried in the middle. And that's, if it is difficult, it's because there's Atlanta and new Orleans in the same division. Uh, it, it, I think Cam is a, is a guy that when he's going good is going great. And when he's not, he's not. Now you've got a first year, Offensive coordinator there in North Turner, that's going to be an adjustment. First-year defensive coordinator there in Washington, that's going to be an adjustment. My biggest issues with Carolina because uh, my biggest issues with Carolina are left tackle Khalil is not yet healthy coming off a scope. Left guard Silatu or Silatu recovering from cartilage in his knee. Right tackle Surlis is dealing with a hammy. Offensive tackle Williams is out long-term with a knee. So their offensive line that's supposed to take care of the running game that they're supposedly going to feature and Cam Newton is totally patchwork right now. And that, for me, is reason for concern. But that's the only concern I have with them. I will say in all due uh, honesty that when I when I look at that division, can three teams from that division make the playoffs again this year? And the answer right now to me is yes, but probably one is going to fall out. And to me, it's New Orleans or Carolina because I'm I'm relatively confident that Atlanta is poised to have a very solid season. It's funny you say that, and I agree. Yeah. You're right. It's I, tough I, for it, three teams. Atlanta's it's defense. the toughest division in football. It's the toughest division sure in football, Cam, by far. But oh, definitely. definitely, I actually think Atlanta could be the ones out, and maybe New Orleans takes a step back. But you raise a great point. Cam Newton, when he's on, he's an MVP, and he's Superman. When he's off, he's pouty. It, it's bad. I think the, the yeah. I think McCaffrey's I think McCaffrey's about to break out this year. Is, is really going to help Cam Newton. I don't think Cam Newton's ever been around a superstar. I think McCaffrey could be a superstar. So you, you raise great points about the offensive line. I just want to say something about the schedule is that it is a difficult schedule, but it also happens to be the easiest schedule out of the, the other four, three teams in, in the division. And they travel the least. Cam walked up and down uh, from his room to the buffet more from the El Cortez than Carolina travels this year. It's like five, you know, 6,000 miles. They really, really luck out. Yeah. So there's not a lot of traveling. And even Cam Newton is aware. He tweeted something out with a big smile uh, about their travel schedule. So that's that's an addition right there. And this is a fact that I brought up at the, at the IFBC, Lou, um, and it kind of surprised people. I said, well, who's a better quarterback, Matt Ryan or Cam Newton? They all said Matt Ryan. I said, who's a better quarterback, Drew Brees Cam or Cam Newton? Newton? They all said, oh, Drew Brees is way better than Cam Newton. And then I asked them, I said, all right, well, 
who has the best ATS percentage? Who's won the most bets? Who wins a higher percentage of starts? Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, or Drew Brees? Cam Newton does. Cam Newton's covered 54.6% uh, of the games. That's more than the other guys. So, you know, this is when I talk about perception and reality. I'm not saying Cam Newton's better than Drew Brees. Drew Brees has been doing it forever. He's won a Super Bowl. But doing what we do when it comes to covering point spreads, Cam Newton's the most profitable quarterback in that division. And that's my well, whole point. It, it, People don't like him, it, so they don't want to know that. It, well, it, but, the, but in all due respect, that's rearview mirror. We, we have to project what's going to happen this year. And, and while Carolina has the softest schedule from Cincinnati in week three to Tampa Bay in like week 12, they do, uh, they do have three sets of back-to-back -back road games where most teams have one or two. So they have at Washington, at Philly, back-to-back -back road, at Pittsburgh, at they hate Detroit, Cam Newton. and then, and <laughs> That's then what I say. Camp, and, <laughs> camp and Cleveland. So, so uh, uh, eight and a half yeah, screwed to me, up. eight and a half to me is the number I try and avoid. I try and find low numbers and bet overs. I try and find high numbers and bet unders, but the clump of teams that are that are gobbled in at eight and eight and a half, I avoid because I don't want to pull my hair out all season long, sweating to try and win an yeah. over under. I know, I hear what you're saying. A, and there's no doubt about that's it. A, when you when you point. look, very good point. When you look Cam, at the at the Panthers too, the Panthers their their mo really is fifteen and one. Six and ten, you know, thirteen and three, yeah. seven and nine. They do have a hard time stringing two years together. They, and like Lou said, every damn year they lose their coordinators, which shows how good they are. Every year. Now, Lou brought up North Turner first year. Listen, North Turner and first year don't go hand in hand. It's not the first time, but I hear what you're saying. First year with Carolina, Cam Newton really likes them. And guys, we're on a fantasy network. I'm telling you, Cam, Christian McCaffrey, who Oh, I thought I was a little overhyped coming in. I think he's really going to break out. I think the kid's going to have like 14 or 16 touchdowns. I'm telling you, he's going to be a star breakout star this year, this guy. Uh, those are That's an interesting observation. I, I know he, he and the area in my research are all, uh, I, w I don't want to say expecting that, but they all have high hopes of exactly that. To me, the interesting thing with that whole division is how back, Ended. It was last year and it is this year. Four of the last six games for New Orleans, division games. For Carolina, four of the last five are division games. And the last three in a row, home against New Orleans, home against Atlanta, and then back on the road against New Orleans. This whole division is going to be decided in the back third of the schedule <laughs> so these teams gotta win their it's a murderer's role lou <laughs> it's gonna be it's it gonna is. be brutal but it's gonna be interesting right up until week 17 which is great you know i always say this though okay but we all we all people like us we always break down these schedules before and all oh, this and that it all it actually goes according to play. very yeah there's very few passes in the nfl you might later in the year, oh, the quarterback's hurt or whatnot. But, you know, we sort of talk about it like with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. We're like, well, you don't want Josh Allen opening up on the road at Baltimore. All right. Well, what? And then it's, well, you don't want him opening up on the road at Green Bay. Well, you don't want him opening up on the road at Minnesota. Well, you can't have him open up on the road in New England. 
Well, what are you going to do? Do you think that he only gets to play against the Cleveland Browns at, in Buffalo? Is that the way the NFL works? No. <laughs> There is no easy way. It's like a divorce. You know what I mean? There's no easy like or a breakup. A divorce. There's never a good time for it, right? There's never a good time for it. You know, you know what I'm saying, Lou? You know, the timing is always bad to throw a kid out there. My whole point is there really is no free pass in the NFL. It's hard to break down the schedules until they start until they start playing games. But what team you want to talk about, Ken? I uh, just want sorry, to Lou, go ahead. Go ahead, Lou. Sorry, continue, Lou. I just want to say one as we discuss this is the beginning of the season, the third preseason game is over. We're all getting ready. Let's not be in a hurry to extend ourselves and make all kinds of season predictions this early. Well, we can watch a game or two and the sophistication of gaming today still allows us to make future bets after a week or two or three. Here's the one blanket I would throw right now. Even listening to me, a guy that studies his ass off, Gabe, Cam, all of us experts, right now, everybody doesn't know. That's what you have to count on. The experts, everybody, sure, will I hit one correct? Yes, and it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles under 10.5 wins. But all these other hypotheses <laughs> I have are research-based, but they may not come true. Everybody gets surprised. So don't try and make macro huge positions before the season starts take your time be diligent because we can still make future plays on who's going to win the division and the super bowl and the nfc and afc after week two after week six and after week 10 so yeah lou oh, i was sorry, just saying you guys talked about there cam Oh no no I I know that's great analysis and yeah and today listen game, we got to break it two minutes on the line anymore yeah we got we got we got to break it two we got to break in two minutes so we'll we'll get Lou's take on the Eagles uh, on the other side we'll find out yeah. what team you want to talk about on the other side here Cam what future. Uh, I'm talking about Jacksonville. There's a couple teams, and you guys talked about the NFC South. Well, what about the AFC South, guys? Tennessee's going to be improved. Houston has Deshaun Watson back, and we talked about division. their offensive line. They're still dangerous, and that's the thing. You were bullish on Carolina, Lou. I'm anti-bullish. I- I'm actually thinking Jacksonville can't repeat what they did. Uh, what do you think about the Jaguars? I think they're going to take a step back. We'll hit this on uh, the other side of, well, as I stated, ahead. we're going to a break, Cam, in one minute. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Yeah. What do you What do you want? You want his opinion in fifteen seconds? No, but no, I, no, I, I can I wait, say, Gabe. I, I can wait. Say this, Cam, just as a tease, I tend to agree. I like that division, and I see three really good teams in the division. But I see one team regress. I think Tennessee regresses a little, and I can when we come back, I can tell you, you know, kind of how I feel about Jacksonville. But it revolves around the stability of head coach at Coughlin. See what see what happens, Lou. It's like T-ball. I put it on the tee for Cam, but he still he grounds out to the pitcher. <laughs> I'm not worried. About Game time decision. Red Ready and Rage Radio continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app 
or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. You know what I was thinking, uh, Cam? We'll take a couple of phone calls after a loose segment. That'd be uh, great. You know, we'll just open it up. You guys can call in and ask us about any NFL team, uh, any win like total, etc. We'll give you our take uh, on this. Or, as well, on Twitter. I'll uh, get the question up uh, right here as well. All right, so Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. I'm Gabe Amrenzi, Cam Stewart. Uh, we're in conversation with Lou from Gamblu.com. Let's just take care of uh, some quick uh, business here, but this is pretty cool stuff. Uh, DailyRoto.com is putting more than $25,000 on the line for its subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel, and they're going to bring you along for the the, the, the ride. So you're going to have a chance to win big this year alongside SportsGrid CEO Jeremy Stein, one of uh, – the only men to have won two separate million-dollar-plus prizes before in DFS. Each week, we're going to select lucky subscribers to sweat it out. You get to split 50% of the profit. No profit, no worries. Your name gets tossed back into the hat the following week. Head over to dailyroto.com slash sweat and learn how to get in on the action and your share of $25,000. That's dailyroto.com slash sweat. And... As we stated, listen, Jeremy Stein's one of the best fantasy players in the world. You know, he's literally won millions of dollars. Not easy to win a million dollars once. You know, some guys get lucky. He did it twice, and he's won numerous other contests. One of the biggest names, sports grid CEO in the DFS industry. Great uh, eSport player as well, DFS. Um, But so basically, you're going to get a great lineup. You don't even have to put the money in. And... um, you're going to get to split the money, so that's a pretty good deal right there. Okay, so Lou talked about liking the Philadelphia Eagles under the number, and Cam wants to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. So since Lou's the guest, Philadelphia Eagles under the number. Yeah. And one thing, listen, the Eagles are a stock football team, but no one's repeated a Super Bowl champion since 2003. It's been 15 years. Number two, for the last 13 years, there's been a different division winner every year in the NFC East. No one has repeated as NFC East champions yet. I'm not sure anyone else in the division could knock them off quite yet, but we don't know. The season hasn't started yet. Now they also have a target on their back. They're no longer sneaking up on anybody. They also don't have uh, Frank Reich there anymore. Nick Foles has been talked about by Philadelphia sports fans like he's Joe Montana, but he's still Nick Foles, all right? The guy's a religious man. God smiled on him. And let him win that Super Bowl. Frank Reich has moved on. Big part of, of that offense. I saw Doug Peterson on like Fox Business the other night pimping his book. You know, last year he was prepping for a season. This year he's selling books. There's a reason why Super Bowl teams don't repeat, Lou. So you're looking at under 10.5 with the Philadelphia Eagles. Tell me why. 
Yeah, I, I released it uh, late July, uh, and it's for many of the reasons you just enumerated. Gone is offensive coordinator Frank Reich, uh, and then gone is quarterbacks coach Filippo. And so that leaves Peterson to deal with a quarterback, and he has two of them. Wentz is not going to start week one. And he's probably not going to start till week three or four, more than likely, because he went down with ACL and MCL knee reconstruction, and you don't come back with that from that in nine or ten months. It's his left knee. He's a right-armed yeah. quarterback. When he throws, he pivots on that knee. Their schedule's the tenth toughest in the NFL. Now they start with the seventh easiest start in the first five. However, the last twelve—it's the fifth toughest schedule in the NFL. They have four playoff teams they have to play. And listen to this. Yes, Dallas is going to possibly be improved this year, but I know Washington and the Giants are going to be. Last year, Philly went 5-1 and one in the NFC East. They're not going to do yeah. that again this year. Very good point. And if you take those six games away from Philly's 16-game schedule, it leaves them 10 football games. Seven of those are, are going to be against teams that made the playoffs last year. Also, Philly ended up the season with a plus 13 turnover rate. That doesn't copy itself or mirror itself one year after the next. Now, here's what Philly has going good for them. Offense and defensive lines, some continuity at, at defense, and the pride that they're the returning champions. And that's a team well-built enough to make the playoffs, but that's a team that's not going to win 11 games in, the, in an improved NFC with an improved NFC East, a target on their back, and that schedule. Great, great thought. No, you br- yeah, great. He brings up great points. And great points. He, he is right. A lot of things fell into place for them. Now, listen, they deserve credit. They lost Wentz. They kept on going off. You're right. Wentz... And, you know, Wentz is participating in 11-11 drills. We don't know what's going to happen when guys start going after him. And trust me, it's not like guys are going to purposely try to hurt him. But don't think they're not going to test that knee, man, when a couple of guys are going to tackle him low, even accidentally. So I like where you're going with that, uh, Lou. Under 10 and a half, and I'll lead you into this, Cam. Very similar situation with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, Jalen Ramsey's running his mouth. Everybody sucks. Every quarterback sucks. He should worry about his own quarterback and Blake Bortles. They really exceeded yep. expectations last year. It's hard to ex- you know to exceed expectations and then to maintain that and do it. And let's Cam. One thing to catch my eye, and I talk about this because I like the Houston Texans to win this division. Everything fell into place for the Jags last year. Deshaun Watson got hurt. The Texans, you know, it was, it was a joke. Their quarterback situation was a circus. Um, Andrew Luck uh, was also hurt. Um, you know, the Colts basically and the Texans weren't in the division last year. They suddenly are. And, oh, yeah, Andrew Luck is back right now. And I know the Colts still have some holes, but Andrew Luck's that good. You know, if you look at Andrew Luck, he doesn't, you know, he gives you a chance to win football games. They still have T.Y. Hilton. They got Marlon Mack. Ballard's done a nice job getting more physical with this team. You know, I, I still think the Colts are the worst team in the division. And then you get Mariota and company. Now, Malarkey's not there anymore, and I thought Malarkey was kind of holding them back a little bit. So you bring in Mike Vrabel right now. The division this year, Lou and Cam, is a hell of a lot tougher. It looks a lot different than it did last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars on every Sunday's basis here. Yeah, 
Could, couldn't agree more, Gabe. And I'll tell you, not just that I love Fournette as a running back. The line's good, but Allen Robinson is now with the Chicago Bears. We were, While we were in Vegas before the flight, Marquise Lee's going to uh, opt for surgery. He's out for the year. I still think the Jaguars need more weapons at receiver. And you talk about all the people coming back in the conference. Uh, I, I think it's a great spot. Hey, you saw that Buffalo Bills playoff game too, Gabe. Blake Bortles, he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to cost some games. And teams that they play are a hell of a lot better. I'm not, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I feel very, very strongly about the Jaguars regressing, Lou. I don't know how you feel, but uh, you kind of think Tennessee might be that team, buddy. Yeah, I do. I do. But, but let me tell you uh, the, the data that I see that backs up your position, uh, Cam, and that is, is that one of them is, is that the Jacksonville was plus 15 in turnover ratio last year, as we talked earlier with Philly. You just don't get that every year. So if that regresses to, say, plus five, that's a 10 turnover loss over 16 games. That's going to mean something. Uh, I, I like the fact – now, here's, here's what gives me some concern. They have the fourth easiest schedule uh, in the NFL, and that's because the AFC is so much easier graded than the NFC. They face the 12th toughest schedule in the first half of their schedule, but in the second half, they play the fourth softest second-half schedule, and they only have one top-ten team and four bottom-ten teams in that back half. The Ramsey Bouye is the number-one-ranked cornerback position uh, to me as you, as you handicap tandems. So there, I think there's a lot of reasons to feel like Jacksonville is still a very solid playoff team a la Philadelphia. But, but as far as what I project their record to be, hell, nine and seven could get them into the, into the playoffs. But it, it's, it's Tennessee that I think is the team that lags behind these other three that are all going to compete for the division title as I assess these. But I do like the fact uh, uh, that you want to fade Jacksonville a little bit here because they are also, after all those valid points that you made, Cam, they also have another thing that's really heavy and hard to carry the following year, and that's expectation. Agreed. Agreed. I, and I'll tell you, Lou, uh, before when you were breaking down Philadelphia, I've already made those bets, Gabe. I don't know how you feel, but... I agree with Lou, and I've already taken Philadelphia under. I, I like the Giants over, Washington over, but another team in the NFC that I, I, I'm down on is Dallas, Gabe. I don't know how you feel about the Cowboys, but I think they got major pro- problems at, at the receiver position. Now we talk about Gallup, the rookie. Ezekiel Elliott's a great back, but uh, got uh, the offensive line a little bit banged up. I just see the Giants getting better and Washington getting better. So I don't know where that leaves Dallas. I think Dallas is one of those teams that's going to have a really, really heartbreaking year. And, uh, Gabe, I hate to say it, I think they win seven games this year. Yeah, the Cowboys at eight and a half uh, right now. Another team right in the middle watching a play the other night. And it's just preseason and the starters didn't play. But it's just hard not to remember that Jason Garrett is their coach. And... You know, that offensive line isn't nearly anything as as it was. It's not a top-ranked O-line like it was from a couple of years ago. Having Elliott back uh, will will cover some of that uh, up for them. Their defense is good. They do have a very good defensive line. Now, we see Randy Gregory. They have a lot of ifs, Cam, right, with the Cowboys. You know, if Randy Gregory can stay out of trouble – then, you know, he could be an impact football player. 
I like my boy Taco Charlton out of Michigan um, that they drafted last year. They do have some talent on the defensive line. And in fact, they could have one of the better defensive lines in the National Football League. Their secondary is always a little suspect. I hear what you're saying uh, about the. Um, I hear what you're saying about the about the wide receivers. I've never been a big Terrence Williams fan. Tavon Austin's inconsistent. I think Alan Hearns can do okay here. But let's not pretend. I mean, this is a football team that's going to play ball control football, try to kill the clock, and and run yeah. the football. I'm, you know, Lou brought it up earlier here with Carolina. Now, I really like Carolina. I think Carolina, look, they won 11 games last year. I don't see Carolina dropping off that much. But I look at Dallas, and I don't like the win total bet really either way, Cam, because it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas ended up being an 8-8 eight and eight team. I don't think they're a seven and nine team. I think they're an eight and eight team, and it wouldn't surprise me if they were nine and seven. And hell, maybe they even went ten and six if the Redskins or the Giants aren't as good as we think they are. So I can't bet the Cowboys under. I think the number's an accurate one. You know what I will add is uh, that I totally agree on the receivers being unknown and really unproven. And that the fact that we know that the Cowboys are going to have to rely on the run. And then when we look, we realize that center Frederick has been diagnosed with this terrible immune disease. And uh, to me, except for Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and maybe a few other quarterbacks, if you take a center out of an offensive line, a starting center, that will equate to more adjustment in points in the point spread than a quarterback. That's how important a center is so you have uh, uh williams a guard that's a rookie is is sitting at, uh, right in between Will, uh, williams is the rookie guard and loomis now is a completely untested second string center that comes in to replace frederick on an offensive line that's dinged up and they're relying on zeke I think there's going to be tremendous pressure on the one-dimensional Dallas Cowboys, and I agree with you, Cam. I think that's the team when I when I say because I am so voracious on the Philadelphia under that the NFC East is all improved. I, I, I'm biting my tongue when I say that about Dallas. I believe it about the Giants and the skin. All right, listen, guys, we've got a couple of callers uh, here. Uh, are you are you ready to throw them on here? Maybe we'll get the callers on. They can. Conf- they can throw the teams on. All right, let's go to Sean. Sean's in Canada. What's up, hey, Sean? Hey, how you, how you doing, doing, Sean? So, uh, what team you want to talk about, Sean? Who do you got for us? Well, basically, I got a I got a uh, fantasy draft question for you guys. There, I'm in the 12 person uh, nine player keeper league here, and uh, my running backs, like you guys were talking about Jacksonville there, and how uh, Bortles and the wide receivers are gone, and they're going to stack the box. So, basically, in my uh, running backs, I have uh, Jordan Howard, Leonard Fournette. I got Isaiah Crowell um, and Sonny Michael, and I hang off them with uh, Rex Burkhead there. But uh, looking to kind of upgrade my uh, running backs there, I'm thinking about uh, trading Fournette and my first rounder next year in 2009, or sorry, 2019, for Dustin Johnson. Is that too much value going the other way for Dustin Johnson in a fantasy dynasty league? For David Johnson, yeah, listen, Cam, you play in this yeah. dynasty stuff. I don't have the patience for it. Yeah. I'm always worried I'm going to die yeah. and everyone will keep my money. <laughs> so what do you answer, Quinn? What do you think, Cam, in a dynasty league? Yeah, I, I, 
I'd make the move. I think I think Johnson's going to have a huge year. Uh, a, a lot of people, Gabe, you know, are, are down on the Cardinals. He's their go-to guy. He's the option. The best thing about Johnson is not just a powerful runner in space. The way he catches the ball of the backfield, other than Fitzgerald, he is their main option at receiver. So in a, a you know a half PPR or PPR, I would definitely definitely make the move. And you're right, Moretzi. These dynasty leagues are killing me. I had to, I had to do a three. Remember the two thousand five hundred dollar one? Uh, I had Koliakovo sub in for me because I was in Vegas and uh, we didn't get the guys we needed. It's a, a lot of money to be thrown at this thing. But yes, make the move. I like Johnson big time. I think he's going to have a nice bounce back with tons and tons of reception yards and running yards. I'm a big David Johnson fan. Now, listen, guys, we don't mind uh, the fantasy football uh, questions, but right now we're just keeping it to the win totals, NFL win totals as well. Let's go to Anthony uh, in New York right now. What's up, Anthony? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? What's going on? What uh, what NFL team you want to talk about? I I had a fantasy fantasy question. Oh, another fantasy question. (laughs) We're going win totals here, guys. It's win totals. What's your fantasy question? What's your fantasy fantasy question? I told the guy guy that's what my question was going to be. That's okay. It's okay, Anthony. What do you got? What do you got for us? Uh, This is my first time calling. You guys have a good show. I just want to let you know. Good show. I appreciate that. Thanks. Quick uh, quick question Uh, from my flex spot. 10, 10 team PPR. I got uh let me know where you guys will go with. I got Marvin Jones, Pierre Pierre Garcon, or Robert Woods. Ooh. Huh. I don't know. Uh, I'd lean Garcon actually, just for for, for the weapons there, Marenzi, because you know Woods and uh, with the Rams they got a lot of different options. And Jones, yeah, he'll pop a couple, but uh, Galladay and a couple other guys for the Lions might. I think I up. agree I don't with know. you. I lean Garcon. What do you think, Marenzi? I think I think I think you're right. I think Pierre Garcon is the way to go. I tell you what, Anthony, I think Brandon Cooks with the LA Rams is really going to start to steal a lot many. of these balls. Yeah, I yeah, think he's going to have a big, over. big year here. Goff is going to want to go down the field. They brought him in and paid a big money, man. You know, you don't pay Brandon Cooks like too. that massive money unless you want to get him the football. I agree with my, with the raging redhead. I'd go with Pierre Garcon, who doesn't age, man. It's unbelievable. The guys, he's just a rock-solid player. I'd go Garcon there. Lou, we missed you in Vegas, uh, but we'll see you down the road. Sure did. I appreciate the time with you guys. Those are great questions from the uh, fantasy crowd, and I appreciate you having me on. We'll talk soon, and good luck to everybody. Lou.com. Great stuff uh, with Lou. All right, we'll take a couple of more phone calls. If we ask to talk about NFL, you're going to call and ask us about baseball games. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game time decisions. Ready to rage radio. I am Gabriel Morenci. So me and Cam, we'll get used to the uh, CNN style delay. 
You just got to sort of yeah. think like Wolf yeah. Blitzer. We'll talk, and then you can sort of wait a couple of seconds. I think it'll yeah. get better, actually, when I get a headset and a mixing board. I'm just kicking it on a mic off a computer uh, right now, but we'll we'll uh, we'll start oh, to get I... the groove. Good call there, Marenzi, and uh, that's the thing. Like, I, I got uh, exactly what you said, so I got that Ethernet cable. It's like 10 Cobras coiled up in my living room there, but uh, the Thunderbolt and your soundboard and everything. So remember, you're in Vancouver, too. I'm here the first day with the stuff. I'm just happy, knock on wood, that, uh, you know what I mean, the, the signal's still there, buddy. And I, when you go to New York, you're going to kick some ass. You're going to be in the studio. I got the board here, so I'm confident moving forward. Things are going to be amazing. Oh, no, there'll always be a delay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's like a little though i don't know if I it the delay i don't know if it's on the air or not but i get like a little feedback but i actually like i said we're, we don't have that mixing board once we get the mixing board hey listen it's a miracle we're even on uh right now I agree. but uh, all we can do is uh what we can do okay people are uh, being uh, people are very very entertained People don't understand That's the question awesome. when we talk about opening up the phone lines, but they're 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 entertained. <laughs> you know, that was the best. Stick it stick it to win totals or, or, or spreads. Uh, can you tell me about my fantasy team? That was, that was the best, man. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we don't take fantasy questions. I'm not opposed. Like we'll say, hey, yeah, we're taking exactly. fantasy, but but all they we were in the middle of an NFL win total conversation. <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> okay, but we're we're also getting some of them on. Um, we're also getting some teams on Twitter here. So uh, Boom City Bush says, Brown season begins or ends with week one versus the Steelers. What happens to the win total over if they win? If they lose, they're not going to get there. It's hard not to be excited a little bit by the Cleveland Browns and the talent that they have. Yet we were at uh, the IFBC over the weekend in Las Vegas, and Jim Fossil, former Giant coach, brought it up. And he said, man, you know, I got fired. I went to the Super Bowl. This guy's one in 31, and he still has a job. <laughs> exactly. So it's just – it's the, the Cleveland Browns, man, and them winning six games. I do believe that Tyrod Taylor can win six games, but I'm not sure. I don't know. He might end up getting killed playing for the Browns, getting hurt, even though their O-line's good. And then, I don't know, man. Are they going to go to Baker Mayfield? It's hard to bet on the Browns yet. Ultimately, Cam – you know, I don't. I hate people that don't give answers. We told people ask us about any team. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Cleveland Browns over five and a half. Let's go. They go over five and a half. I'm going to tell you, Marenzi, I was thinking that way, and now I'm starting to think under. I don't like the way Hugh Jackson's running this team. I think the hard knock situation has been a disaster. He throws defensive players under the bus, him and Greg Williams. You, you saw it every day. It's the same stupid story. It's like, dude, man, like you have everything. It's like the cupboard is filled with beautiful ingredients, and he still screws up the recipe. I'm telling you, with that total, when it was like three and a half, four, like when it was rock bottom, that's when you jump on. We're getting no value with the number, buddy. It's horrible, and they still have to play the, the, some tough teams in that division. They got a lot of guys with problems on that team, too. And I'll tell you something. If they lose some games where, you know, with pick sixes and the mistakes they made last year, I can see that Cleveland Browns experiment imploding with the type of people that they have there, not rallying around each other. I think there's going to be a lot of finger pointing, and uh, I think it's going to be an absolute gong show. I'm not uh, in any rush to run to, run to the window, Marenzi. They could win six games. They have the talent to win, hell, seven or eight. But uh, with the turkeys running the show there, I, I, I don't really have a lot of confidence. I have no confidence in the coaching staff. And you loved them last year, too. You bet them every damn week. I did. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah I made some big mistakes with Cleveland. You know, they co- just bent them over the damn total. Just bet them over the damn total. Don't chase them every week. Just bet them over the damn total. Nah, I'm not going to chase them every week. I'm going to pick my spots with them. Gabe, I know you're right. I learned my lesson the hard way. Yeah, yeah, but you like them in week Uh, one. They covered against Tennessee. They covered against Tennessee. Who do I like? Do I like them in week one? Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm telling you, Gabe, I don't like them as much as I did before. There's something... A little voice saying, you know, don't don't be don't be that guy. Cleveland seems to be a, a trendy pip, pick with people, and uh, I think there's going to be good opportunities to take the Browns. But I'm not going to rush. Like they they covered a few games last year, but losing those games in heartbreaking fashions against the Packers when they scored a touchdown in overtime, not a field goal. The Detroit Lions game was a, a shit show. They could have won that game outright and didn't cover a number late. And Golden Tate's walking around grenades to score a touchdown. Like it's actually crazy. ATS, how much better they could have been, but. You know, they're still the Cleveland Browns. It's hard to get confident with them, buddy. Yeah, I'm not sure if you said trendy pick or a trendy pimp. Uh, I swear <laughs> I heard pimp. Maybe it's a technical. That's your boy, Joe Lisi. That's Joe Lisi. <laughs> yeah. Technical, uh, the trendypimp.com. Trendy pimp. When, yeah, well, Joe, Joe Lisi says go for the two.com. He means two chicks. Now, of course he does. I was I was sitting there, Moretzi, when you were doing your hit from the machine, and you know, with Mark Lawrence. Every, every time I looked, I'm like, "Wow, Lisey's with a hotter chick." Like it just it just never ended. I even told Cardano, "I'm like, man, this guy's rocking it." Just his suits too. He looks like a successful Florida horse player. Like you know, the guy you meet down at Gulfstream who's just just got a big fat money clip the size of a burger, and then you meet him in Percy. He's a pretty good looking guy too, right? It's like I could see that guy uh, doing some serious damage with women. He's a regular Calvin Klein model. <laughs> He's a re- regular Calvin Klein model. All right, so uh, Billy, Billy asks uh, on Twitter. Billy. sees pe- people on Twitter get it at least. Billy on Twitter asks, uh, "What about the Ravens uh, win total? Baltimore Ravens." And I'll tell you what, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is their last. This is it. I think the window's closing. Le'Veon Bell's going to bolt. They won't pay Antonio Brown down the road. Brown's 30 years old right now. The Steelers don't like paying people. Ben Roethlisberger is a hit or two away from being in a lot of trouble as well, Cam. Um, Yet, I'm not sure Baltimore's quite ready to knock him up, but I tell you what, I think they might be. I think Joe Flacco's tired of all the bullshit and people talking smack about him. You notice he's looked pretty good. Yeah, it's the first time ever in my life, Cam, I've seen Joe Flacco with a tan as well. Like Joe Flacco normally looks all pale. Like he looks like more ripped. He's got a tan. He doesn't have the unibrow anymore. It's like he knows Lamar Jackson's there. It's pushing him a little bit. You and I are both very, very high on Alice Collins from a fantasy perspective. I think Collins can have a breakout year. You look at the weapons that they have offensively right now. Um, you know, bringing in Michael Crabtree. Uh, they've got better wide receivers than they've had in past years as well. We know the defense is going to be good. I like the Baltimore Raven win total over, and I'll tell you what, I'm starting to buy in that the Ravens actually can win this division this year. I'm not sure they do, but I think they're going to be right freaking there, man. I think the Ravens are a good franchise. I think Harbaugh's a great coach. Um, I, I'm high on Baltimore at 8.5, plus 115 to the over. Give me the over and the win total with the Ravens. Couldn't agree more, Gabe. I think it's one of going to be one of my top plays. I think the Ravens can win uh, uh, 10 games 
I, I'm with you. I think Pittsburgh's going to regress and take a step back. I think the Ravens are being disrespected. Uh, they bring in so many weapons at the wide receiver position. Their defense is already good. Even the veterans still want to play. And you talk, people are talking about Joe Flacco being old. What about Big Ben? He's going to get hit. And the Ravens, they play the Steelers tight anyway. Gabe, when they weren't a good team, they played them tight. I think the Ravens are very, very dangerous. And when you look at teams on their home field, the Ravens have a tendency at home to, to not be respected, and they crush teams. They absolutely can bury teams at home. They're a very good team. I'm telling you, I, I'm very high on the Ravens, Morency. I think they're the complete package, and uh, I love the Ravens over. I think it's uh, going to be one of my higher uh, team totals, buddy. We're on the same page there. Mick Aussie on Twitter um, says uh, he likes the Broncos, minus two and a half in week one against uh, Sammy Seahawk. He calls them the bird flus. <laughs> he goes I heard you say Marenzi earlier in the week you weren't sure about this football game and quite frankly I'm still not really sure about this game but I gotta tell you I'm leaning with the Denver Broncos on their home field right now Cam I'm not gonna bet against Seattle I don't really have confidence in in Seattle winning the game, nor do I have confidence in Case Keenum and Denver getting it done. Old AFC West battle game seems like a short price, you know, two and a half. Uh, it's a very, very difficult game. But, hey, you know it's tough. First first of all, for game one, two, going into the mile-high city, Denver has a huge advantage being there. Uh, Seattle, everybody's down on the Seahawks, right? But it's interesting. Like, for everybody who thinks they're going to be horrible, Vegas still has their win total, what is it, eight, Gabe? Like, you'd think they'd, they're, they'd be, it'd be like six, the way people are talking about these guys. They still have Russell Wilson. They still have they still have weapons. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm in no confidence. At probably, I think that's one of the hardest games of the week. Seahawk win totals up to eight and a half uh, right now. Yeah, it was plus 140 wow. to the over. I would lean under eight and a half. I don't see how this team wins nine games this year. I really don't. Um, but without being stated, I tell you, I think the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers are a little bit overrated. You know, but their win total is over eight and a half. So it comes down to who who do you think is better, Seattle or San Francisco? Right now, I hate to say it. I think San Francisco, San Francisco is a, a tad is. better than Seattle. Yeah, I agree. I think uh even though Garoppolo, you know, is at the end of the season, it wasn't against tough competition. Seattle's got too many holes. The offensive line still has a problem. Uh, the running back, hey, Gabe, he's still hurt. What, Penny still, he'll come back. But so many question marks right now with all the guys, the rotating door. Russell Wilson has to run for his life. Who's your best option? Doug Baldwin. You lose Jimmy Graham. I, I like Vanette. I think he's actually very, very underrated. Lockett, though, like they signed him to a big deal. What is he, the number two option? Paul Richardson's, he's gone. He's with Washington. Just looking at Seattle, they weren't that Seattle team last year, too, Gabe. Losing to Washington outright at home. Seattle used to be a murderer's row, home of the 12th man, and teams would come in there and get pummeled. They'd be scared. The fans would take over the game. They've lost that luster, and I hate to say it, like San Francisco, they'll be better, but I think the, the Rams, as you think, too, are the cream of the crop in that division. They should win it handily. Yeah, the Rams, it's interesting, though. You know, there's like the public perception for some of these teams. And then there's there's the odds makers. Now, you talk to the public, and they're all in love with San Francisco. You know, San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo, this, Jimmy Garoppolo, that. You know, odds makers have it at plus money to win nine games, over eight and a half, uh, plus 105. Same thing on the opposite end, Cam. I don't meet a lot of people, and I talk to a lot of handicappers. We have a lot of guests on. I haven't really yeah. spoken to anybody that says, you know what, the Seattle Seahawks are my sleeper this year. 
Everybody's down on them. I think they're going to win the division. I haven't heard one person say that, yet they're also at eight and a half. I think, like, the odds makers are scared to get burnt by Russell Wilson. They don't want to make the number too low uh, there. And then you get the Rams, who, you know, heavily hype the Rams. I get it. Yet their win total isn't crazy high. It's nine and a half, but it is minus 145 to the over. So it's starting to climb right now, but... I do think the Rams are the real deal. They're just too talented not to win football games. The thing is, Marenzi, when Seattle was the cream of the crop and going to Super Bowls and going deep, the one team that they had issue with was who? The Rams. And that was back when the Rams, like back, we can go back to the Mark Bulger days. The St. Louis Rams, now L.A. Rams, these guys used to come in and, and play Seattle tough every single game, and that was then. Now you look at their team, wow, they're better on defense. They go and pick up some veterans on offense. Goff's going to have another year under his belt. They pick up some uh, weapons at wide receiver to get better. Todd Gurley's a, a consensus one or two fantasy pick. He's going to murder it this year. So that's the thing. Like The Rams were they, they were competitive with Seattle, and San, with Seattle, especially when they weren't a very good football team. Now look at them. I think they are like you got to believe they're the best team in that division. San Francisco's overhyped, and Arizona, nobody gives them any respect. When you talk, I know you're high on their win total. I know a lot of people that are smashing under five and a half wins. They think the Cardinals are going to win like three, four games this year. It's kind of, That's a little bit crazy. Uh, you know what, Kev? you got to start hanging around with smarter people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say, Cam? If you're the smartest... If you're the smartest guy in the room, change rooms. You got dumb friends? <laughs> change no. Rooms. Change rooms. You're not going to learn from people at, uh, you know. Hey, listen, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe they're right, but I, I don't see it. They won 11 games last year with Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbard as their quarterbacks. Sam Bradford's better than those two are. They have David Johnson back. They didn't have David Johnson last year. I mean, David Johnson's one of the best players in the National Football League. So yeah. I think people are sleeping on Arizona is, a little bit. Why is their total so low? Why is their damn total so low? Like, that's the thing. Like, you're looking at the team going, yeah, I don't see them to be a great football team. But, Gabe, when you look at the number, it's excessively low. Like, it's it, when, you, when you examine it, it's not even like, what, you, what do you, would you have made their total at? Seven? I would have made, made Arizona's six win total seven. Seven six, and a half. Six seven. and a half, seven. And, and we're seeing the thing what, is, five and a half. Like, the thing is, not everyone in a division can have a win total of 10, right? Uh, so they sort of have a pecking order here. But I'll tell you what. And another thing is, I think people are down on Arizona because Bruce Arians isn't there anymore. But I said this in Las Vegas over the weekend to somebody on one of the shows or whatever, um, that Bruce Arians had tapped out already, man. Number one, the guy's had health issues for the last couple of years. Number two, I think, you know, similar situation. I think there were a lot of deaths in his family, etc. And he, you know, you could just tell he got grumpier. And, you know, I remember last year, he just sort of, he, you know, the players started to tune him out. I think they knew he wasn't going to be around. Everyone was hurt all the time. And I'll tell you what, this new coach that they have, Steve Wilkes, comes over. He was a defensive coordinator with the Carolina Panthers. He's intense, Cam. He's an intense guy. I saw him watch that preseason game the other night against the Cowboys. Every play, every every little play, every little everything, detail, 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 swarm, 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 like an Uncle Leo stealing the book in, in, in a bookstore, Britano. Swarm, swarm, get him. Swarm, swarm. Like Arizona, yeah. 
Arizona, Arizona are just like swarm, swarm, swarm. Like these guys, they're fast, they're aggressive. Last year, they had six new starters, I believe, on defense. They're really starting to get it. They have a lot of young talent on this football team. I think this team's going in the right direction as well. And I'll tell you, I think they can surprise people, Cam. Not only go over five and a half, but I think Arizona is going to be in the playoff picture this year. Wow, that's that's a bold statement. I I don't think well, Arizona is going to be hanging around the playoff picture. I'm telling you right now, Arizona, Arizona will will be the second place team in this division. Like there, the Rams are going to win a division, probably do 10, 11 wins. I think Arizona gets to eight, you know, maybe yeah. nine type uh, of situation. Gabe? But you you look at the NFC, man. There's not a lot of great teams there. I'm not whale capper, but I'll bet you on the air that San Francisco has a better record than Arizona. Well, they have a win total of there's a difference of three games. What are you giving me? Yeah, I don't know. I'll, 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 don't, I'll give you a game. <laughs> a game? We'll talk about maybe games. one and a half. I got to think about I got to think. I can't give you more than one and a half. I got to think about it, buddy. No, you got to give me three games. It's an even three. If they win by three, it's a push. I'll think about it. You're not whale copper. You're just a whale. <laughs> Game time decision continues.